This is a Bloomberg Quick Take. Context and background on issues of interest. Our focus is on DNA testing. It unlocks secrets, but it leaves footprints, as we hear from Bloomberg's Kristen Brown. The Situation. You know, for a long time, we thought that if we could have just unlock the human genome, we could unlock all of the secrets to everything about a human being. And it turns out, of course, as it often is in science, it's a little more complicated than that. So with the consumer tests that are commonly available today, the only thing you can really 100% tell is who you're related to, right? If you're looking for a secret sibling or is your dad your dad, a DNA test can 100% unequivocally tell you that. The other stuff, it gets a little fuzzier. You know, um, 23andMe, for example, has tests for um, markers of whether or not you have a genetic disease. Those are pretty accurate, but just because you have the marker doesn't mean you actually have the disease. And from there, the tests get less and less useful. You know, there are all these tests out there that will tell you what skincare products to dye or what you should eat or how you should exercise based on your genome. And in, in those cases, the science really has not gotten to a point where it can tell us enough valid information to be useful. Now, what about the mechanics of this? How do these DNA test kits actually work? Right. So I think there's a lot of misconception out there because we talk about DNA sequencing, and most of the consumer tests that are available are not actually sequencing your genome. That costs a lot of money. I think the cheapest tests these days are $1,000, and you know, you're sequencing millions of base pairs, right? What these tests are doing is they're looking at what are called SNPs. They're these little tiny bits of the genome that vary a lot from person to person and can tell you a lot of information. So it's taking these well-known SNPs and comparing them to SNPs from other people to try and figure out, are you Irish? Do you have this disease? So they're really looking at tiny pieces of the genome versus sequencing everything in your DNA. The background. The biggest companies right now are 23andMe and Ancestry.com, and then we've got some other players entering the market with some more diverse offerings, like Helix, which is really interesting. It's uh, Helix calls itself an app store for DNA, and what that means is they're doing the that they're actually doing sequencing. They're doing what's called exome sequencing, so they're sequencing just the protein coding parts of your DNA, and then they're passing your data along to whatever companies you want to analyze it, right? So you can get a scarf made that looks like your DNA. You can find out what kind of diet to go on versus from your DNA, so all these different things. It seems like we are hearing an awful lot about these tests. How long have these DNA kits been around? You know, they have actually been around for over a decade, but for a long time, they were really just uh, products that early adopters bought. But we've seen in the past couple of years, they have gotten really popular, both as they've gotten cheaper and as there's been more competitors and as there's been different kinds of tests that can tell you information. You know, in the beginning, it was just Ancestry and then 23andMe offered a few disease risk tests. And then, of course, they got shut down by the FDA um, and then started offering those tests again more recently. But now there's a lot more diversity in the market. And so I think that's attracted a lot more people. Now, the results themselves, once we take the tests, once we submit it to get the data, just how reliable are the numbers that we get back? In some cases, it's very reliable. If you want to know whether your dad is your dad, it's accurate. If you want to know how Irish you are, for example, that gets a little trickier, right? I mean, what's an Irish person? When in Ireland are you talking about? An Irish person today versus an Irish person 100 years ago probably has different DNA. So there's a lot of variability in the accuracy, and it depends on 
you know, what kind of test you're taking, what is the data that they're comparing your DNA data to. So it's always really important, I think, for people to take everything with a grain of salt and to really look into what the expectations for the test that they're taking are. The argument. So I think that there are a lot of things that people don't think about before they take a DNA test. You know, it sounds like fun. Like I can find out whether I'm a Viking or not for just a hundred bucks. That sounds pretty cool, right? But there are a lot of things that could come out of that that might make people uncomfortable or scared. For example, you might find out, as some people now have, that the family member is not who they thought they were, right? That your dad isn't your dad. You might find out that you're a risk for a genetic disease that, um, then means your life is going to be different than it is. And also privacy implications are, are a big concern too, right? Who are you comfortable sharing your data with? Because these companies also share your genetic information, your anonymized genetic information with third parties, um, both in the name of research and in the course of doing business. What are some of the larger questions that have to be asked about these tests? I think the biggest questions that are important to ask as a consumer is, are the risks of taking this test worth the value I'm getting out of it, right? Is it uh, worth potentially finding out a family secret to learn whether I have Viking DNA or not? Do I want to know what my genetic risk is? And of course, it's also important to ask, are you comfortable having the data that you share with this company shared with others? Because it's really hard to track what happens to your data after you let it out of your own sight, right? So I think those are really important concerns that every consumer should think about before they they spit into a test tube. On the issue of privacy concerns, who has access to this information? How is that controlled? Sometimes it can be really hard to tell exactly who has access to your genetic information when you share it with consumer companies. If you read their privacy policies, which, you know, I recommend, but also might put you to sleep because these things are long and unwieldy, you, you will see that they, they spell out that we share your data with researchers if you give us permission to do that. That's a separate consent. And we also share your information with people like the third-party lab that runs your tests. And I think the concerns are that when the company is sharing information, it can just be hard to tell where that data will go once they share it, right? Does that third-party contractor to then share it to somebody else, with somebody else. What about hackers? What if somebody hacks into their system? We've already seen one genealogy website was hacked. Um, the genetic information doesn't seem to have been compromised, but it easily could have been. So I think that there's a lot of questions here that have yet to be answered concerning privacy and genetic information. For more on DNA testing or other quick takes, go to Bloomberg.com or for terminal customers, go to NIQuick. I'm Charlie Pallet, Bloomberg Radio.